नमस्ते प्रेयर्स एंड मेडिटेशंस सो वी सी अगेन हाउ देर आर डिफरेंट स्टैंडर्ड्स ऑफ कंडक्ट एंड लॉ ऑफ इवोल्यूशन विच अप्लाई एट डिफरेंट लेवल दिस इज समथिंग विच इज वेरी डिफिकल्ट फॉर ह्यूमन माइंड टू अंडरस्टैंड विच वांट्स टू पुट एवरीथिंग इनटू अ फिक्स्ड डॉगमा वन रूल फॉर एवरीवन बट इफ वी गो इनटू द एंशियंट स्पिरिट ऑफ इंडियन थॉट सनातन धर्मा दैट इज वाई इट सेड देर इज वन एकम सद विप्रा बहुधा बदंती थ्रू मेनी नेम्स पीपल अप्रोच सो ईच वन एट डिफरेंट लेवल्स हैज ए डिफरेंट एट डिफरेंट स्टेज ऑफ इवोल्यूशन एज ए डिफरेंट लॉ एंड देयर फोर Uh, we must respect this evolutionary process otherwise we can uh, in trying to standardize everything into one fixed mechanical approach one fixed mechanical way one rule which is applicable to everyone we do a great disservice to truth in fact we turn it into falsehood so we'll see this um, in another prayer we had read something of this in a, a previous prayer but here also we read again as always mother reveals to us the puts the focus right february 12 1914 february 12 1914 when conscious with thy supreme consciousness we consider all terrestrial circumstances we perceive all their relativity and we say now when she says identified with the supreme consciousness when we look at the terrestrial world what she is saying is that how does god perceive our actions basically so how does the divine look at us at you know we give so much importance to an outer action but how does the divine look at these things what is it to which he gives importance of course we know that shubhendra has already said in yoga it is not what you do but how you do it in what state of consciousness we do it that is important so she is revealing it to us in such a beautiful way doing this or that has after all no great importance she makes it clear we may think that this is a great work that is a small work this is always uh, human ego speaking when we think some work is very big and some work is very small uh, obviously it is a sign that we have not been able to get rid of the ego but somebody who lives in the divine consciousness discovers what shurbindo reveals in his uh, wonderful poem who the hand that sent jupiter spinning through heaven spends all its cunning to fashion a curl Uh, or you know in the laughter of boy in the blush of a girl in the strength of a man in the beauty of woman uh, everywhere in everything it is he who is manifesting in the little perfect pattern on a little seashell which is lying idly on the shore and in the formation of galaxies in the minutest of atom and in the huge structures in in the cosmos everywhere it is the same power which is at work so this idea of being a big work or small work a great work and little work this nothing but the human ego divine doesn't look at it like that so what is it that he looks at yet such and such a way of action will be the best utilization of such and such a faculty or temperament so what he looks at it is okay based on the swabhava and swadharma a certain kind of action may be the best utility of nature's uh, de- uh, development and the soul's degree of evolution in a particular individual so according to that 
the divine looks at the work that whether it is in tune with the swadharma and swabhava or not and that's what we see uh, Shri Krishna telling Arjuna that if you take sannyasa it is not the best utilization of your capacities and your faculties you are a born kshatriya you must fight this great battle it is given to you for Vidur it is alright to withdraw from the war but not for you because you, you are too different. So best utilization of the capacities and the temperament that the divine has given that is what is important. There is a very interesting um, story of uh, Dr. Talwar. We know that he was the at one point of time the reserve bank uh, Chief, the the what is it called? RB, there is a bank governor, and he had a tiff with the, the then prime minister because of which uh, they they actually sacked him. Uh, they, but in a very decent way that you give a resignation, otherwise you accept what uh, well the then prime minister wants you to do, and he refused because he felt it will not be in consonance with his own deeper truth. A man of that kind of standing. And he had, uh, when he was asked, how do you take these decisions? He said, no, nothing to do with principle. I consult the Divine Mother within. He was a devotee and then towards the later part, after he was sacked, he came here. And when people told him in his office, oh, it is so bad, you know, such a thing happened to you. You are such a wonderful person, capable person. He said, no, no, it is a grace because uh, now I have the time to fully serve the Divine Mother. So this was his state. So when he came here, uh, he was, um, you know, different departments where he could join. He said, no, 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 I don't need to join a department I because then you will put me in this or that department. But I want to serve her and I know how I can serve her. So he opened a consultancy service and whatever money he was getting, quite a good amount, entire money he was just giving it for the mother's work. So this was his way of service because he knew that this is the best utilization of my capacities and my temperament. This is what we see with mother also that in different people, she would use what is best in us. And uh, for her, there was always something which could be utilized for the divine work. So first thing is, what should be the action in itself, not great or small, but what action will be the best utilization of our uh, temperament and our faculty. All actions, whatever they may be, even the most contradictory in appearance, can be the expression of thy law in the measure in which they are imbued with the consciousness of that law. So then the third truth she reveals is that it's not that this action, uh, you know, fighting a war is one kind of action. Contradictory, uh, renouncing war and walking away from all violence, totally opposite. Both may be divine action depending on the state, the attitude in which it is done. This Shurabindo makes clear in the essays on the Gita. He says the Gita is given to the practical kinetic man, which Arjuna is and which most of humanity is. But supposing a Buddha came and said that I am, I carry the suffering of the world within my heart and I want to find a way out of this suffering. So Sri Krishna would not have told a Buddha, no, no, you fight a war, you must rule the Sakya kingdom. He would have let him go and search for the radical cure of suffering and ignorance. Similarly, if Sri Ramakrishna went and Ask Sri Krishna, he would not tell him, no, no, you must go back and do your duty of uh, uh, teaching vernacular in the school and looking after your parents. He would tell him that, no, if the urge for the divine is uh, strong in you, then everything else goes, goes to the bonfire and uh, go in that search. 
but arjuna had no such search he was recoiling from the war because of certain moral and ethical ideas and it was in contradiction to his own inner law of being his own inner law of truth he was a warrior a kshatriya and therefore krishna bids him to be in the right attitude and fight the war so it is not uh, something which should be seen as a fixed uh, something fixed it should be the expression of thy law in the measure in which they are imbued with the consciousness of that law so this law of the divine reveals in each one as swadharma otherwise it's sanatan dharma but in each one this law of truth reveals as swadharma then she brings in the fourth aspect which is not a, not a law of practical application capable of being translated into principles or rules in the ordinary human consciousness so what is this divine law expressing in an individual she says it's not a law of practical implication in the sense application in the sense that well every doctor must practice medicine that's a human way we may have uh, studied medicine but deep within we may not be actually meant for that now there are examples when people came to mother she would ask them to do something very different than what they were doing so it is not the way we mentally understand and turn everything into a fixed rule she says it's not that it is something which has to do with our inner attitude with which we are approaching life say for instance to take the example of a warrior a kshatriya Uh, now a kshatriya wherever he goes he has the attitude of the fighter he fights for justice for truth in any field even if he is doing business he would carry that sense within so this attitude will be there similarly a brahmanical temperament a seeker after knowledge nothing to do with surname nothing to do with even the job we are doing but something to do with a seeker of knowledge a seeker of knowledge whatever he is doing he would want to know the principle and the uh, truth behind things and then he will do it so what is this rule uh, what is this divine law uh, expressing in in an individual she says it is not a law of practical application capable of being translated into principles or rules in the ordinary human consciousness but which is a law of attitude of a constant and general consciousness something which is not at all expressed by formulas but which is lived so it is an attitude that each one has is born with here she is not talking of of course for a yogi there is a yogic attitude of constantly living in equanimity and surrendering oneself to the divine that of course is the highest but right now she is speaking of if a human beings lives according to the truth of the divine expressing in him what we can we normally call in india as swadharma this one of the best definitions of swadharma it is a word which uh, often lot of people feel confused they read the gita reread it to understand what swadharma is so this is the divine expressing in an individual and he says if one is expressing that so that the capacities and faculties of nature are best utilized then he has nothing to worry this is what the divine wants the world to be this is how the divine looks at it and not in terms of uh you know there may be a ruler but as uh, shobindo puts it very beautifully better to be a uh, cobbler who does his work perfectly than to rule a kingdom um, as a despotic leader you know there are people who may rule but they are not meant for ruling it whereas there are people who are doing what the divine wants them to do and expressing it beautifully while they are mending the shoes and it's wonderful because they are living the divine truth within but 
if we are not living according to our subhava and sudharma then what happens but as soon as we fall back into the ordinary consciousness nothing should any longer be treated lightly with indifference the smallest circumstances the smallest acts have a great importance and should be seriously considered for we should at every moment strive to do that which will facilitate the identification of our consciousness with the eternal consciousness and carefully avoid all that can be an obstacle to this identification so then if we are in ordinary state we don't know our true swadharma we don't know what we are meant to express uh, then we should only strive to grow into that consciousness of identification with the divine through works now this is something which shurbindo reveals later in a very beautiful way in some of the letters when somebody asked him that isn't this uh, the karma yoga here practiced just as a karma yoga of the gita shobindu says no it is not true first of all the karma yoga of the gita is a triple yoga with a stress upon karma but it's not just karma yoga but gyan and bhakti yoga together even there is a little touch of the raj yoga when he speaks about a, very briefly about a method of meditation but the ordinary karma yoga of the gita is through works to find the divine but in this yoga work is a means to manifest the divine So Shrivindo says, but till you have found the divine, you cannot talk about finding my place. What the divine wants me to manifest and express, that will come. The mother answers this in another of her conversation, where she speaks about uh, how do I find my place in the universal work. So basically, it is that first when we are doing works, we do not know what we are really meant to express to manifest. What does the divine want? in us and through us till then we should use works as a means of identifying with the divine so all our attitude should be one of trust surrender equanimity faith uh, confidence in the divine remembrance state of constant remembrance if we fall back from that then there is a danger because we are exposed now to all the forces in the creation we are trying to come out of that state in which we are caught that state of utter ignorance but once we have that identification with our own center the psychic being and the divine presence within then our life is a constant flowing of the divine through action and then it doesn't matter what we are doing and not doing in it doesn't mean that we'll do anything and everything in the name of being identified with the divine obviously we will not but it will whatever we are doing will become an expression of the divine truth within us and through us and then we don't have to worry about the consequences of our actions and this happened that happened because our life is a constant efflorescence of the divine within us it's like a flower blooming now when a flower blooms in the process you have many things uh, even some some of the flowers will bloom on thorny bushes but it doesn't matter because the flower is meant to bloom so this is how our life should be our actions should be as natural as breathing in expressing the divine within us but that can only happen when we have discovered so this is one of the differences he points out but he says but we cannot manifest the divine as long as our instruments of nature are still subject to the three gunas and we are the soul is still conditioned and limited by the three gunas so perfection of the instruments and freedom of the three from the three gunas rather their transformation tamogun into eternal peace rajogun into consciousness force tapah shakti and uh, satgun into the luminous uh, force of the divine 
the light of the divine, the bliss of the divine, they have to be transformed. Uh, this is not there in the Gita because the idea of transformation is not there. It is hinted very, very vaguely at some places because Sri Krishna had not come for that. Uh, that is the reason. So, she says that if we are not flowing according to Asya Dharma, then we should be very careful. Action should be a means for finding the Lord. And everything that obstructs, comes in the way, we should keep it away because otherwise we may have to sometimes go through consequences which we cannot imagine. Now you see, it's very, very, one can see the difference in Arjuna's life. Now Arjuna also does a lot of things which, um, you know, he should not do. Uh, among the best is one of them when he um, takes a vow that, well, if I don't finish Charasand by tomorrow, uh, not Charasand, sorry, Chaidrath by tomorrow, I am going to give myself to fire. Now, Sri Krishna tells, tells him that, why did you take such a vow? But he has taken a vow. Vow is the sign of a uh, rigid state of, extremely egoistic state of consciousness. So, he takes a vow. And he uh, is not able to finish him. So, he goes to the fire. And that's when Sri Krishna plays a little trick and he saves him from that whole predicament. He has changed the uh, whole, um, if you may use the word, the whole <laughs> constellations in such a way that it looks as if sun has set, whereas it had not set. It was just covered, uh, covered up by the clouds. And uh, eventually, uh, Jaitra dies. Now, several places, similarly we see in Draupadi's life, uh, always there are beings whom the Lord saves because they are expressing what is their inner angst, what they are meant to really do. But there are other beings for whom there are severe consequences. Take for instance Karna. Now, Karna is a Kshatriya. But the problem with Karna is that he is not really living his Kshatriyahood. He goes into this ambition, the distortions of the Kshatriya nature. The strong ambition, competitiveness with Arjuna, the will wanting to defeat him in a kind of match. So because of his ambitious nature, we see that uh, the consequences of Karna's life, one moment of forgetfulness uh, and you know, uh, telling a lie to his guru Parshuram can cost him his own life. So the difference is that uh, this is what she is reminding us: that first thing should be identification. That's the difference of Arjuna. That Arjuna's goal of life was not that I must be victorious over Karna or prove myself. He had nothing to prove to anyone. For him, it was Krishna. And even before the war, Karna had joined to get a chance to prove to the world that he is a superior archer. But for Arjuna, war is only an occasion to do Keshava's will. So this is the big difference. It is then that the rules of conduct having at their base a perfect personal disinterestedness should assume all their value. So if we are really not identified with the divine, we should do action in a state of disinterestedness, which is not being disturbed by the reactions, responses or the results of the actions, but in a state of disinterestedness. It also means we are doing a certain kind of action. If we are asked to drop that, we, are, we should be ready and willing to leave it and get into another kind of action, another field, if that is the demand. With peace in the heart, light in the mind, hope born of certitude in all my being, I salute thee, O Lord, divine master of eternal love. Thou art our reason of existence and our goal. So this beautiful prayer 
so many deep profound mysteries revealed by us the law of action which is so important for all of us so first step to act with only one will to identify with the divine through a constant offering remembrance disinterestedness desireless action nishkam karma as the gita would say and practicing equanimity and inward remembrance but when we are identified let the divine breath flow through us and now of course this is a inner state that's a sudharma and of course there is a higher state when we are doing completely the divine bidding but here she is speaking of these two states february 12 1914 when conscious with thy supreme consciousness we consider all terrestrial circumstances we perceive all their relativity and we say doing this or that has after all no great importance yet such and such a way of action will be the best utilization of such and such a faculty or temperament all actions whatever they may be even the most contradictory in appearance can be the expression of thy law in the measure in which they are imbued with the consciousness of that law which is not a law of practical application capable of being translated into principles or rules in the ordinary human consciousness but which is a law of attitude of a constant and general consciousness something which is not at all expressed by formulas but which is lived so it is not like thus this thou shall do and this thou shall not do more important is thus thou shall be and thus thou shalt move towards the divine consciousness this the inner truth but as soon as we fall back into the ordinary consciousness nothing should any longer be treated lightly within difference the smallest circumstances the smallest acts have a great importance and should be seriously considered for we should at every moment strive to do that which will facilitate the identification of our consciousness with the eternal consciousness that should be the goal of our actions nothing else to identify with the eternal consciousness after that the divine will decide what we should do or not do we may continue with the same activity change it completely it is up to the divine and carefully avoid all that can be an obstacle to this identification it is then that the rules of conduct having at their base a perfect personal disinterestedness should assume all their value the only thing should be in focus how through all these works i can identify 
with the divine how i can serve him better and better with peace in the heart light in the mind hope born of certitude in all my being i salute thee o lord divine master of eternal love thou art our reason of existence and our goal namaste